welcome to the Bacash Podcast. I am Don. And I'm Scott. And we are in Deuteronomy. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Deuteronomy 6. Yes. This sounds weird, but if this is your first time ever listening, you might want to go back to the start. We're going through the uh, book of Deuteronomy um, verse by verse, section by section, and we're doing it slowly. (laughs) By the time we're finished with Deuteronomy, it should be... Ten years from now. My oldest should be graduating high school. Okay. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah he's not even close to high school either. No. Uh, well, no. Closer than you think. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he'll be 11. Oh, my gosh. Old. I remember, like, when I freaked Old. out, like, when you and... I mean, when you and Jill came and said, oh, yeah, we're pregnant, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? It wasn't even my kid. I'm just like, how do I know people that have kids I, coming? You remember Ricky and Dawn, right? Yeah. They were the first people in our group to have a kid i know <laughs> and I, I remember we we had just found out we were well no 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 it was, it was ways into the pregnancy we we're helping someone move and they showed up mm-hmm. and they had their baby like strapped to them yeah i was like that's what life's gonna be like i know have a baby strapped to you it's so strange and, well now it's not strange but at the time i was like i mean i thought my life was over and again i we weren't even the ones pregnant uh, my <laughs> my nephew i think i brought up before they just had their first kid and I'm like, you're not old enough because he was like my son's age when I met my wife. Oh, are you serious? So now I'm like, oh my goodness, like that's that's crazy. It's crazy because like, okay, so like right now our kids are seven and five, and then I'll be in conferences with parents, and they're the same age as I am, if not younger. And I'm like, no. And you're like a high school. No, yeah, I teacher. teach high school, ninth and tenth grade. <laughs> I'm like, this can't be right. No. <laughs> I know it's one of, I, I'm not prepared for old kids. Oh my gosh. I deal with them every day. I love my job and I love the students, but ooh, the stuff they're going to have to go through. I'm, so, I'm starting to see the difference. Mm-hmm. Like with my 10 year old, he's like edging into teenage. Oh no. And it's like, uh, he's okay. He's mopey here. Or. Uh-huh. Oh, that thing's not as cool as it used to be. Or he doesn't want to do that with the younger kids. Or I'm like, no. Oh wow! At eleven? Uh, well, he'll be eleven in like a month and a half. Okay. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, he'll be twelve in a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, twelve or fourteen in a month? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depending on how long it takes us to record this. Uh, well, with that, I think that's a great segue into what we are talking about. Um, where you're gonna have to <laughs> we're talking about hero Israel Yahweh is our God Yahweh is one um, love Yahweh with all your heart mind soul and strength or heart heart soul and strength and Israel is acting like a bunch of mopey teenagers no <laughs> <laughs> no but it is talking about how we need to teach them to our children um, and um, let's see what is it in seven you shall teach them diligently to your children you shall talk about them sit down in your house and when you walk away etc etc and so I, I think where we ended last week um, talking about uh, Deuteronomy 6 1 through 9 and that is kind of where we're talking about the, the Shema and um, how it is that, that we need to teach these commands to our kids um, so that they can uh, well live a good life and um, be close to their God and in good relationship. And not be blotted out from the face of the land. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. Spoiler. <laughs> will, will we read that far? I don't think we're going to read that far. Dang. 
No, because that's that's not in six, is it? It's in six, but I think near the end. Okay, we actually might make it that far. We'll see. Um, I we'll will see. say one thing: we uh, had a microphone ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still using one stupid mic and one good mic. Um, I'm using the stupid mic, so you're gonna have to read. Okay, I'll read. As if that's ever a change. I was gonna say most of the time I read anyway. Yeah. Do I have I mean, any hard names to this week? No, okay. but I'll be over here like snorting and snotting. So okay. if you hear like a, <laughs> makes for good podcast. All right, good deal. Well, it's close to Christmas, so hopefully. Um, I'm apparently allergic to electronics. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you did touch it and it did break. So. I dude, I'm man. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah, I love technology when it works. Let's, it's just talk, when it let's doesn't. talk about moth and rust destroying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're bringing us into New Testament theology now, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to try to show you how it all works together. Okay, that's you fair. know, I mean, whole council of God right here. <laughs> what we did get into Deuteronomy talking about is the story as a whole, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're talking. So, yeah. So you're gonna read six ten through what? Um, ten through fifteen. All right. I wanted. Yeah. I said I added that fifteen on the end, so people thought I knew what I was talking about. Well, you did. I think you were the one that said that. Here's where we should set the marker. Yeah, probably. I said we should read through eight five, and you're like, dude, we we can't. I was get like, not prepared, verses. man. <laughs> people think we're just flying over it if we do it. No. Um, yeah. So uh, we're at our traditional. Five minutes of useless banter. So go okay. ahead and actually read the scripture. Hey, no, no, we had some. That's true. We actually uh, in recapped, context, recap in context banter true. that dealt with teaching our kids so that they don't become like the us. teenagers oh. <laughs> that were like us. <laughs> I was not a mopey teen. No, maybe I was. Uh, I don't think I was mopey. I don't know if I was mopey, but I wasn't a good teenager. No. No. <laughs> no. My kids will not hear those stories until, like, never. Deathbed. Yeah. All right. Oh, they'll hear them from me. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> true. Sorry, go on ahead, man. I don't go know if we can me. be friends anymore. Um, read, read us some of the words of God, man. All right. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Um, him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. And you shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people, peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from all the face of the earth. That vibrating noise was my phone, and I went through 15. What's, what's interesting is... Uh your dryer made random noises. Uh huh. Then your phone vibrated. <laughs> you finished the verse, and I heard. Well, what? Yeah, that was Pikachu. Oh. Uh huh. He's like Pikachu. All right. And that's my text message. I guess I did not turn the volume all the way no, off. That's no, no, you just said the. Volume. All right. Yeah, I've had that problem. I have this. Uh, if you've listened to prior podcasts, my my Garmin likes to sometimes hit play on my phone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, do you do you hear music? Yeah, there was one where it went off like ten times or something, yeah, or, or was, twice. I'm, I'm like keeping an eye on it now, but okay. Apparently, it was extra sensitive that day or something. I don't know what was happening. Touch I was like, screen. "What is that music?" Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, um, this is one of those sections where I'm using primarily a uh, commentary by a guy named Grisanti, and we've been using Christopher Wright's uh, podcast. Podcast, jeez, man. Um, we'll take that out in post. Commentary, uh, commentary, 
among other sources, but those have been kind of the primaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grisanti referred to Wright again. See? Through a lot. It, he basically refers to him all the way up through like the end where he does some notes on like some of the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm like, all right. I guess so, I could have just bought one of the two books. See, I was going to say, you wasted all your money on that big, gigantic commentary. It, it probably costs about the same. Okay. Uh, well, I buy them used. Okay, see. So, well, he also does some... Like 40 un- bucks new or something. Dumb. 40 bucks new? Ooh. Yeah, I think Wright's was 15. Oh, no, nine bucks Kindle version. But I've actually bought that commentary like three times. Oh, so see, you're equal. <laughs> <laughs> but he also does a commentary on Ezekiel and Jeremiah, which I have not got into, but I, I love his writing, so... I wonder if he um, did mine. He, and he also did... Um, I'm checking that. A book called... Oh, Morals and Ethics in the Old Testament, something like that. Uh, um, who, right? Yeah. He did... Uh, I own it. Okay, I do too. Finding I, Christ in the Old Testament? Oh, he has that, yeah. Finding Is Jesus that? in the uh, through the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, finding the Holy Spirit through the Old Testament. Father through the whole Old Testament. Dude's wrote a, a bunch of books. All of them about the Old Testament. so far, yeah. <laughs> so he's definitely an Old Testament man. So anyway, so what did you get out of um, Grisanti slash Christopher Wright? Or, uh, or your own contemplation and prayer? I'd say actually it was... Uh, uh, no, he doesn't write the one. I have the Jeremiah Ezekiel from uh, David Garland. Okay. So not him. But sorry. Uh, actually, the I, I got a, quite a bit out of, you know, obviously the whole... From the commentaries, but my contemplation... Um, just in that first part, which I was surprised that neither of the, well, I don't know if Wright brought it up solo, um, but I was surprised that Grisanti didn't bring it up was, uh, he talks about, you know, when you get into the land and you're, you know, in cities, good cities you did not build, a house is full of good things you did not fill. What's up, man? Vibrate. Do you, Hi. you, you put that thing on a buffer. I'm working <laughs> on it. No, that's uh. all right. Uh, when he talks about like you getting all this stuff that you didn't do anything like olive trees you didn't plant and um all that kind of stuff i was like oh that's like a really cool example of uh like common grace excuse Mm -hmm. me i'm okay uh and it's also an example of god using in some cases uh you know the the wicked to bless the righteous Mm -hmm. kind of thing where he nothing's out of like god's reach in that and i just did did write to anything particular about? You know, I actually did not write a whole lot about my commentaries at all this week. Oh, so um, you, you were kind of like, yeah. I, I kind of flew like by me. the seat of my pants. And not, not really. I mean, I definitely looked at them. Yeah. But I think a lot of it came through just my prayer and contemplations and just kind of kind of how it hit. Um, I did yeah, go I to thought- the commentaries a little bit because we went into some like... Um, we definitely get into some New Testament a lot here. Yeah, um, and actually, I, I was thinking that. I was like, oh, I know where he's going to reference this, so I won't even put the verse in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I spent some New Testament time. I kind of, yeah, I kind of, uh, as much as I like to use the commentaries, <laughs> I did kind of punt as well. Um, I mean, I, I, once again, I obviously got some notes, but I just felt like this chapter, um, in many cases, kind of uh, reiterated a lot of what we've talked about before mm-hmm. and just kind of expounded. It was another reminder. Um, and then in addition, like I said, just kind of the stuff that was coming to mind, like this, um, you know, that they didn't, they being Israel, did not do anything, one, to earn this, mm-hmm. and two, to like set it up. They can't even say like, I did this by the sweat of my brow. They right. can't do the American, uh, you know, I worked hard for this. I did my 
you know, I chopped that tree down, built that log cabin by the sweat of my brow. Kind of, you know, they can't say they broke their back for this. I mean, they are going to go through and do some conquests. There's going to be some work to it, but uh, they're going to be affluent without having to put forth the effort to be affluent. Well, I found it interesting, though. Um, Outside of the wars, they're going to have to fight. Well, right. But I, I kind of looked at it this as, as they kind of began to go that direction. Um, or, or God was warning them and trying to keep them from going that direction. Which which direction is that? Well, he was reminding them that... Um, Okay, um, and brings into land. Okay, that he swore to your father. So you finally get the land, and it says, "With great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of all good things that you did not fill, cisterns." So he's mentioning all these good things that Israel is experiencing, that his people are going through. But then he goes in. Um, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And so, and, and that's the crux right there. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think it's one of those things that I, I don't know. I was, I was, I guess the more that I thought about it, the more that I can very much see myself and even our own culture many times getting into the situation where we have and live in luxury. Um, we have all that we need plus a whole lot more. And, and after a while, you know, we, we thank God when we first get it. You know, we're like, oh, yes. But then after time, they almost, in a sense, we forget where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, we look into our successes at work or we look into um, the money that we have or the house that we're in and we forget truly where it comes from and we forget who it is that, that really gave gave all of this to us. Because when I look at my the things around me, I sit there and go, well, did I really earn this? Like, did I find my job? Did I get paid that like, again, I think it could be so easy when you're living uh, an easy life, when things are going well, when Mm -hmm. you have luxury items and more than you need, you have food on the table. Do we, is that a great opportunity to forget God? Um, And I kind of feel like that was kind of the position that they were in. God was warning them to not forget the land that they are in, the land of milk and honey that provides what they need, but also what they need and more. And and I sat there and thought of our own culture and goes, well, do we get ourselves in that own our, that situation? Because then, if when we go further, we get into you know, um, they start complaining when things don't go the way that they want. And it's like, well, God, do you even care? And it's like, well, well, wait a second. Like we already forgot. So I almost feel like it's a warning for something that God already knows is going to happen. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think a couple of, I guess like to, to expand this a little bit. Um, and we, we tend to have, kind of a divide in America. Uh, there are some that believe that if you trust God and love God, they'll point to sections of scripture like this and say, you will be blessed beyond all you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You, all your needs will be met. All your desires and wants will be fulfilled. You'll be in luxury. And the more faithful you are, the more obedient you are, the more good things are going to happen to you the more prosperity you're going to have. And we call that prosperity gospel. And, um, you know, if you've listened to us, you know how much we hate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, there's kind of a, like a poverty gospel. Like the, 
warnings and trappings are here. So if you uh, are too blessed or have too many good things, you're probably living in sin. So you need to give it all away and you need to be poor and covered in, you know, you know, sackcloth and ashes and mourning and not experience like the joys or the blessings that God can give. And I feel like we, there's not a whole lot in the middle. Like the, the, there's not a lot of preaching on it in the middle. There's, it's either poverty theology or prosperity theology. Mm-hmm. When you read this, outside of like, we know it's a warning of what's probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's foreshadowing at it, 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 its finest. Um, we we forget that it's okay to like enjoy the blessings that God has given us and to not always look for the reason behind why we got it or the you know um or to like you, you know we get guilt we feel guilty when we are richly blessed and stuff like that and I feel like that part of that is like hey, God's going to provide for you. Don't forget that. But while you're in that wonderful area where you're being blessed tangibly here, like also, like you're saying, don't forget who God is. Um, I think Grisanti put it as once they forget that, like who God is, they're basically practical atheists. Like they're not, uh, they're no longer worshiping God, but they're worshiping themselves and their things. They're living as though there is no God or anti-theist. They're, they're living away from God thinking once again, that American mindset, we did it by ourselves. We pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, whatever that means Um, that we did it. You know, it's all, it's all on our shoulders. We did it all. We did the heavy lifting. So we deserve this lifestyle. Um, And then you forget all the things like helping others in need, realizing there's a need around you, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Well, I think this, I think this actually plays a good middle ground. Um, because right here, again, I don't think he's condemning them for the life that they're living in the land that he, I mean, cause God right, clearly gave not. it to them, right. but he doesn't want them to forget where I think in our own, I think sometimes in our own sin. And I was trying to figure out because I think it later on, let's see. <clears throat> um, so it says, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. So ultimately he's saying, well, I gave you these good things. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that it is I, the one who rescued you from slavery in Egypt that gave you these things. Um, and then, you, you know, how is it that, that we don't forget? Well, it said, it is the Lord, your God, you shall fear him. You shall serve and by his name, you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you for the Lord, your God in your midst is a jealous God. So I started to think, well, what are the other gods that that is talking about in our current culture? I mean, back then I felt in the Canaanite culture, um, it was it was fairly easy. There were tons of different gods, but but it's not like we go around going, oh, we got the sun god here, we got the moon god. I mean, you don't really hear that much in America. So I really tried to think of well, well what would have been the the, the god the gods that that we have here that, that America and and really. I, I mean, I think I had another one, you know, like I think job and stuff and idols. Yeah. But but I thought that ourselves are our biggest God, our pride and, and our feeling that we've accomplished this. Um, and so I think those are almost the gods that he's warning against. Um, but I find it interesting because, you know, what are we try, What are we supposed to do here? Well, we're supposed to remember that these good things that we have are from God, and and remember that. 
And then the reason I say it's the middle ground is because when we get into 16, we then have a different perspective of how they're testing God and saying, well, do you even care type of, of picture? Um, and so I think we see both parts of it. Well, there, there's good and there's bad in our world. And, and yet God is present um, and providing in both of those situations, um, whether you have abundance or whether you're in need. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I was scanning ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay, no, that's fine. So I did find it interesting, though. Um, so when it says, um, "It is the Lord your God; you shall fear Him, you shall serve Him by His name, you shall swear," I was like, "Well, well what is swear? Well, what does that mean? I, I don't understand it." And so this is kind of where Jesus quotes it in Matthew four eight through ten. Um, so if I'm flipping in my Bible to Matthew four eight through ten, which it goes back a lot to, to Jesus and his temptation with Satan in, in, in Matthew 4. Um, Jesus actually refers to Deuteronomy a lot through these. And I was like, ooh, it just makes Jesus's interaction um, in, in the gospel and, and with Satan that much more powerful. When, when you see where it is that he's pulling the scriptures from, that he's actually speaking um, against the devil with, um, in his time of temptation and, and testing. And it says in Matthew four, eight through 10, it says, um, do, 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 that's my finding the number of music. I, was like, right. I don't know that verse. <laughs> Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these, I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God and him only shall you serve. And I was like, Ooh, that's kind of cool where, where we're really looking right. at that parallel and, and what, what, what is he using to, to in, a, in a sense, fight against the enemy here? It's, it's, it's Deuteronomy 6. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really neat. That's all you got. That's that, all I that got. Was, that was your end. end. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, 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 well, I, well, we'll come back to Matthew 4, 8, or Matthew 4, when we get into to the later part. Um, I, with I the testing. Say when we get to Matthew I was like, that won't be any time. Oh, no. <laughs> well, on that we're, point. We're an OT podcast. We're like 99 <laughs> years old. Dead. Done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when I was looking at a lot of... Uh, actually, remember when I said before in the show prep, I was like, there's a section. I was like, ah, Scott will cover that. <laughs> like, that was what I was talking oh, about. Oh, don't worry. I got more. Um, <laughs> we'll be back in Matthew 4 tonight. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking at a lot of like the testing in this section... Uh, it, I kept thinking a lot about like a... Well, do you want me to read the testing part? We haven't read that yet. Uh, oh, I thought you did. No, I read to 15. So once again, okay, so last time we were recording, we had a plumbing issue. This time my wife broke the computer. Oh, no. So I had to check that. Oh, okay. I'm like, uh, so let, let me go so on got, to that. I got... I thought you did read that. I'm sorry. Nope, I didn't. Okay. Carry on. Um. All right, 16 through 19. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, or which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord, Lord swore to give to your fathers by thrusting out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has promised." Now, do you want me to read? Okay, so it refers to Massa, which is um, the testing in Exodus. Fixed it via text message. Sorry. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so it talks about Massa, which is in Exodus, I think it's 17. Yeah. Was um, a, do you want me you, to read that? Wanna, um, or do you want to briefly give a summary of what happens there? 
Uh, how many verses you got on it? Uh, it's one through seven. Uh, go ahead and read it. Okay. So Exodus. So it, it's referring to testing. So it says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. And so the story that, that he's referred, that Moses is referring to is Exodus 17, one through seven. It says, all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us as our children and our livestock with thirst? Wait, pause right there. That's the test. Okay, go on. So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking uh, with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at, at Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the name of the place Massa. Um, and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, "Is the Lord among is the Lord among us or not?" So that's the that's what I meant by the 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 testing in this section in in this uh, verse isn't necessarily uh, it's not a quiz it's not like a you know it, it's a manipulation. It's like what a toddler or a kid does to a parent. And that, that's, so the testing isn't like, uh, it's not like Gideon. It's not like throwing out the fleece to see if it gets wet. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not asking for confirmation that you're doing what God wants you to do. It's daring God to prove himself. And that's like what the testing is that, that that's going on here. So I don't know. I just, I found that to me to be kind of, cause you know, you read that, like, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Like basically it's like, you don't have to tell God to prove himself. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, this isn't a, a, uh, what's the word? Like a, a, peeing contest (laughs) um this isn't a you know we read in many cases where like the uh like you know the account of elijah and the prophets of baal um to some extent that might seem like you're i mean i guess in that case it looks like hey we're putting god to the test to see if he's going to do better than the prophets of baal but it's that's not necessarily a Prove yourself. Make, make yourself real by man, trying to manipulate God to do what you want Him to do to to make Him your genie. To you know, well, it was kind of a whining. It was a, it was a lack of trust. I mean, they, yeah. they they had seen God bring them out of Egypt, bring them out of slavery, part the Red Sea. I mean, time upon time upon time, they've mm-hmm. seen God work and protect them and watch over them. And they're like, "Well, why'd you even bring us out of Egypt? I mean, you're just gonna let us die of thirst, right?" And that's, Seriously? that's like, the, do you care? And that's like the manipulation, right? That's right. the that you know, it's like the the little kid, like, "You didn't give me what I want. Do you even love me?" Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it definitely showed a lack of faith. It showed almost maybe a lack of relationship or trust mm-hmm. in in the God that had already saved and protected them. Well, it becomes um, that it's that once again, it's it's that 
what about me? We talked to, I, you know, it's that self-centered. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, the atheist, practical atheist, mm-hmm. it's that I'm the God here and that God needs to bow to me and do what I want him mm-hmm. to do right now. Well, and, and yeah, and I think it shows two parts of the picture as well. I mean, it shows, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily, they're not whining when things are going good. You know, here's cisterns that you didn't fill and, and houses you didn't build, et cetera. And don't, don't forget the God who blessed you and gave you those things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, don't, you know, don't blame God if things aren't, you know, aren't necessarily going as you expected. I mean, but but God remained faithful really in both situations because even in that situation, he still provided water. Yeah. Um, he still gave them and provided for their needs. And, and I think at the same time, am I right in saying that he had already started providing manna by that point? Is that a true statement? or uh, Exodus 17? Mm-hmm. I'm not Googling anything. Okay. So, you know, so, I mean, God either way has shown that he already provides and is already meeting their needs. Um, and I so I, say, I was saying not you're not because by that point, uh, yeah, I don't know how far they were in. Did you know I misspelled manna? Oh, one chapter after the manna. Oh, it was one chapter of Manna and man? quail were Exodus 16. Bam, so they've already seen the manna and they've seen the quail. And, and, and I mean, I don't know, you know how much time passed between chapters 16 and 17, but come on. And didn't the quail, wasn't that because they were whining also? Uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, don't quote me, but it was like, man, manna again? Yeah. Really? Like they were, they God, give us some protein <laughs> on this. We, you didn't come out here to make us vegans? Right. Like, <laughs> they had better food in Egypt. Seriously, like, do you not remember yeah. what you just dealt with? So... Um, so, so I think we see both, both pictures and I think it's, it's a, it's a warning, um, a a warning to remember what, what God has already done and that God provides both the luxury and also provides in time of need. And because of that, we need to trust what he's doing. And, um, and then later on, I guess when we get to the next part, it'll say, teach your kids. Um, but, but anyway, so if we take this back to Matthew, Oh, yes. Back yeah. to New Testament. Yes. Um, so we got new, blah, 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 Matthew 4, 5 through 7. And, and I'm sorry, I was setting up, or sorry, I was uh, texting my wife to fix the home computer. Okay. Uh, I apologize. Did you set up the premise of what's going on in this part of Matthew? I have not. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, you want me to? Go for it. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Jesus going out into the wilderness. Uh, this is before... Uh, he started his formal public ministry. So um, baptized in the Jordan by his strange, crazy relative, John. And uh, he goes out to fast 40 days. And then Satan comes out to tempt him. And he's making some demands saying, you know, hey, Jesus, you know, if you're hungry, you can turn all these stones to bread. You know, um, I can, if you bow down and worship me, you can... Uh, you know, have control over all that you see in this world, so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. um, Jesus is tired, hungry, wore out, thirsty. What? No. He, oh, go on. Oh, so that was the setup. That's all and, I got. And and so the first part that I, I read, which I, I guess I didn't clarify very well. Sorry, I just got excited about going to the New Testament. We haven't and, been there I know. in a week. <laughs> it says, for the Lord your God you shall fear, him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. We're talking about swear. 
um, specifically here, I, I was asking the question, not not fully understanding. And I had read that that basically to swear in the name of Yahweh was to acknowledge Yahweh as the highest authority. Yeah, so, it wasn't a uh, uh, a way to embolden your promise to somebody, right? Like I swear, man. Yeah, it's it was more of a um, to swear by Yahweh or to swear by God in this section was basically to say or was to brand yourself as a follower, a worshiper of God. Absolutely. And so when Satan actually comes to him and says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and your glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Um, Jesus is basically saying, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Or basically only him shall you swear full Mm -hmm. um, highest authority to. So he really put him in his place very quickly and said, no, God is the only one that, that you should swear by or swear to. And then this part, four, four, five through seven, um, it says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Um, Ultimately referring back to Deuteronomy um, and and talking about right here um, when Jesus is talking about um, not testing the Lord. You shall not put the Lord to to your God to the test. He's referring back to Deuteronomy 6, 16, um, which once again, I thought was way cool. Yeah, well, we and we said before... uh, Deuteronomy is the most quoted book mm-hmm. uh, by Jesus during his ministry, which oh, is, yeah. is just uh, uh, kind of, whoa, weird offshoot here. Um, a lot of the uh, the law, it, the Old Testament law, the the Mosaic Covenant is very works based. Mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, that's like duh, um, but there's a lot of physical. Uh, manifestation of how it works. There's a, there's sacrifices which are physical. There's um, hair, dress, um, you know, all that which is very, a very physical outwardly thing that you see. Whereas when you kind of go to the when you go to the new covenant, there's a it's a big heart change. Um, yeah, there's some outward manifestation that happens as our as our hearts are changed and molded more towards. Christ likeness and more sanctification, but in the Old Testament, you definitely see a lot more sign and um, you do this, you do that. And I, I don't know, maybe it's off here, but I was just thinking like the first part of this was very much like the signs of the covenant are you're going to live in houses, you're going to, you know, you're going to be blessed in ways that are very tangible, very visible. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can connect those dots, but I was thinking like that there, it just seems to be like these blessings again are just another uh, old Testament. It just kind of falls in line with that old Testament, but maybe I'm just kind of off. So maybe I can punt on this. (laughs) Well, it's kind of one of those. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not ready, but uh, in my brain, it made sense. And when it started hitting my, my mouth, I was like, shut up down. Because I I don't necessarily, I, I think that actually obeying God's commands um, and being obedient is actually very true in Jesus's teaching, just as much as it is. Oh right no, I'm here not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm in no way. Um, d- I'm saying that, like we see 
obedience leading to a very tangible, visible uh, blessing. Mm-hmm. Where once again, with the 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 law oh, being I very see. tangible, okay. visible, in the New Testament, it's not as like it doesn't. I don't feel like it says like instead of putting all of our hope in the stuff that's here, we put it into this eternal uh, someday in heaven hope, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, or it's a you know, it's just a different. It's I don't know. It just seems like where everything in the Old Testament is very yeah, yeah. But that that was a weird side thing. I it made sense in my head. It was very hard to. No, I'll never ever say that obedience is not required of yeah. either. You know, <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, I know yeah. you well enough to know that. That's not true. That's yeah. Um, it was but, just interesting. And maybe in we my can head. come back because I think it's very interesting. Where or even right before the the Ten Commandments, he says, "Here's what I've done: obey my commands." And so it's it's really our act of love. It, it's our response. How is it that we show God that we love Him? Well, it's through obedience, through uh, you know, through well, yeah, obedience you, those, of His commands. Jesus even says, "Those who love me obey my commands." Right, absolutely. You know, there's um, and, and so by doing that, I mean, once again, I, I think He's reiterating many of the the ideas and teachings that, that He really gave in the Old Testament. This is why I shouldn't stray from my notes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, sometimes <laughs> I should stray more from my notes. I get all right. So let's go ahead and finish out the chapter um, because I think it'll kind of go well. I think we got time, right? Uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I was checking. We've done well. We got, okay. you know, before the music comes in 20 minutes. Okay, good deal. We're good. So 20 through the end of the chapter, um, it says when your son asks you in, in time to come, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and the rules that the Lord, your God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and the Lord showed signs and wonders and great um, grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out there. He brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord, our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord, our God, as he commanded us. So I found it interesting, um, especially as we're talking about teach our kids and and all of that. Um, I found it interesting that um, it kind of addresses, it says, when your son asks you in time to come, and this is the part of, of my kids that, that scare me because as of right now, for the most part, they go, okay, daddy, you know, but at some time they're going to have, they're going to ask. Um, and it's going to be more of, well, why is it that, that these commands are good? Why do we obey these commands? Um, and I actually thought it was very interesting because I think God tells them to deal with it through, through Moses, tells them to deal with it in a very good, tangible way. Um, so what is the meaning of these um, here's what you shall say. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt um, with a mighty hand. And I thought it was very... God, basically, Moses says, tell them the story. Tell them where we were and tell them what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even says, you know, when things are going good, don't forget the God that brought you out of slavery. And then I was trying to think about, well, what does that look like in a 2007... Eight, Sometime 2000, wherever we're at. Yeah. Context. I think this um, will be at 18. It'll be by podcast, 2018, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> In a current day. Current day scenario. What does that look like? And we all have our stories. Um, 
Yes, I think that our story is very much connected and combined with with Israel's story from the New Testament or from the Old Testament and into the New Testament to Jesus and beyond. But I think at the same time, we all have our stories, how God has worked in our lives and how we've seen God move. Um, And at least I can say for myself how I continue to see God move, not just through my salvation in Jesus, but through continual... um, provision, um, continual guidance and teaching, um, through reprimand and and restoration. Um, but telling that story honestly to our kids so that they can see, connect and relate with our story, um, and see Jesus through their own as well and go, Oh, well, here's why I should obey God's commands. Yeah. I'm not gonna, uh, downplay that anyway, because I agree. I think that our story is a strong, uh, testimony to what's up, mm-hmm. um, to what's going on, why we do what we do. Uh, if we really dive just like one little step deeper, so we go, you know, one more step down the ladder into the pool kind of thing. Um, the basic question here, and I think I'm stealing this from right, is what's the significance of all this? Mm. Like what, why is all this, you know, important? What, what is it to me? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and what gets spelled out after that question of, you know, when your kid asks you, why is it important? Why do I have to do this? Why, why is this important? Um, is Moses just teaches them to lay down theology. Hmm. He says, well, remember you were a slave and now you're free. If you're going to sum up that section, Mm -hmm. um, you were in bondage, but now you're liberated. You were, uh, you know, brought out to a land that God swore to you, you were, you stepped out of bondage and into a promise. And that's the same thing we are now. We're slaves to our sin. We're in bondage to darkness. And once we are saved, once God has saved us, it pulls us out of that slavery and into freedom. It takes us out of um, the chains and put, I mean, that's, you know, what half the hymns are written about is like you were, you know, amazing. Well, amazing grace is, a little more, it's kind of a double meaning on it, but like, you know, it's like I was a slave, but now I'm free. Mm. Um, and that's basically what we're looking at. As Moses is saying, when the, when you're asking what's the significance of all this, significance, I can't say that word, significance. Significance? Yeah, I want to put a G in it, significance. Uh, significance of all this. Um, he's basically saying, be ready theologically. So in our story today, we want to be correct. Mm. We we want to give the truth of what's going on. We want to say, hey, um, God is promising us a life of freedom. He's loosing the chains. And then we go into idols. You know, um, a lot of us are slave to this. We're slave to success. We're slave to stuff. We're slave to whatever it happens to be. And God sets us free from all that and has us living in a better promise and in a better world. Mm. And I just, I mean, that's kind of like just taking that. Our story is important. Our testimony is. But like being a Christian isn't just like I used to sin and now I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, Like I used to uh, be lazy and now I'm not. I used to do drugs, but now I don't. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's more than that. It's I used to be a slave. I used to be, you know, hellbound. I, I was a slave to the enemy and his uh, ideals and his works and his ideologies. And now I'm free. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, and I no way meant to like. Oh no no you did a, you did a great yeah no. make your argument. 
No, because I think that is it is important, and I think the best way to answer a lot of times is not to say, all right, hey, let's break out the systematic theology and go through why these statutes are important. It's to say, how does properly, uh, or how does proper theology fit into my story, or how does my story fit with proper theology? Well, I think a lot of times with, like, when we think of commands and rules, we think Mm -hmm. of don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. Mm -hmm. And then you get, well, why? Well, because, because said Daddy so. said so, yep. because <laughs> I said so, because Mama says so, because God says so. And that's the wrong answer. Yeah. Because the right answer is God has built a relationship with his people and with us as well. And here's the story of how God's redemption and sal- how God's salvation and redemption has impacted God's people or Israel as a whole and how he continues to do that today. Mm -hmm. I was, so this weekend, um, we was Thanksgiving. So I'll go ahead and give it away where it (laughs) It is. It was a holiday (laughs) where we gave thanks. And we had people over and ate turkey. Um, and so as I've been reading Deuteronomy, as we've been studying it, I was like, you know, we need to go ahead, and I got a real... So it, it says earlier from last week, it says, you shall, you shall teach them diligently to your til- children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the, the, the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Um, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, frontlets, eyes. And I was like, oh, the doorposts of your house and your gate. I was like, okay, great, let's do that. And so I didn't ask... Sarah, I just did it. And so we... Sarah's his wife. <laughs> yes. The person you should have asked. <laughs> Probably. And so, like, now our stairs is a growing Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Wait, this isn't like writing out whole chapters of books on the walls in Milford, is it? No, no, it's just you're, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. You're not using a Sharpie, are you? No, no. Okay. Because you can't paint over that. But we so found far, out. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right after we tried to get our deposit back. <laughs> They learned Your a deposit. lot. Of, they I don't le- think I ever contributed towards that deposit. They learned a lot about trust when they were <laughs> yeah. taking my deposit. So, so we put the fire engine red in the living room. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was. That <laughs> smells so bad. Hey guys, don't use oil paint indoors. No, no. Yeah. We learned a lot of lessons from our first, but it doesn't matter because the the place burnt down anyway. Yeah. Some of our friends learned how to refinish a coffee table. Right. <laughs> no comment. Sorry. Uh, so we're, I'm sorry. Okay. You, so anyway, so. We're doing it, and, and so far, the only part that we have up is, Hero Israel, Yahweh is our God, and soon, this week is Yahweh is one. And my someone um, was here and looks at it and goes, so what's your fascination with Israel? And and it was a loaded question, because I, I think it was very much focused on, you know, um, I- Israel and in a 2018 context. And so... Oh, yeah, it's a political... Yeah, it is. I didn't think about that. It's a political and thing so now. And so I didn't even realize it at first when it was first asked, and then I, I got excited. I was like, well, let me tell you. Yeah. And my my another do, person... Do you, wait, wait, really? Do you remember that guy that gave us the tattoos? Yes. <laughs> We're all Israel, man. <laughs> I, I'm serious. He talked like that. He and was like Cheech and John. <laughs> he <laughs> fell asleep during one of my tattoos. Anyway. Yeah, you um, haven't gotten one since either. No, I have yeah, not. We don't go back to him. So Sorry. So anyway, so... <laughs> Um, and, and so all Israel, man. I get excited and usually this person asks me a question and, and then he comes back with, it's a loaded question and he didn't say anything and I just kept going and, and the other person was like, you're not going to stop while you're ahead. I was like, 
Of course, I'm excited. Yeah, and, this, is, um, this is what we live for. I didn't even pay attention in church this week because I was that excited. I was like, what else are we going to add? We got <laughs> more people coming over. Let's finish the... And so, but, but I hey, really... After we're done recording, you got to show me this. Okay. All right. So I was like, well, what, what is an imagery that we could use for Israel? And, you know, I had a picture up there at first going, okay, well, well, we're Israel, we're God's people. And I was like, no. So when I I moved the picture of our family over to um, Yahweh as our God to to show it that that, that our God is there. So I was like, "Well, well, Israel. And I was like, oh, we as God's people can engage in the story of how he rescued, because I got to the later part of Deuteronomy 6, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we can engage in the story of salvation from the time when God rescued them from Egypt. And I was like, but it continues, because if you think of Passover and you think of Jesus and how it relates together, both the Old and the New Testament, I was like, oh, the story continues for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. So so now it is in process where we put some crosses up there, and we're currently working on coloring. Iconolist? I don't know the word. Aaron. I don't know. And so we're we're currently drawing. We're we're drawing and coloring our pictures of of how Moses led them out of Egypt, and we're putting them under Israel. And so I just realized as I was it's reading, a, it's this, a legacy. Yeah. I was like, it, it's a continuing of God moving through his people. And so when we say that hero Israel, Yahweh is our God, we're ultimately engaging in God's story from the time that he rescued them from Egypt to the cross and even beyond. And so I got excited about that, realizing that, that ultimately this story that he's talking about, or at least as I was reading 20 through 25, I was realizing, you know, I need to teach my kids this story that they don't just obey commands and they just don't blindly obey a God that is not part of their lives, that they're not blindly obeying a God um, that is a st- that, that had stories from the past, but they are actively engaged in God's story from the time that he saved them out of Egypt um, to the time that Jesus died on the cross to where we are right now, and God continues to move. He provides those luxury items we shouldn't forget. But even when we don't get what we want, and even if it's not going the way we expected, God still provides, he still protects, and he's still engaged in our story. And maybe that's provision, maybe that's discipline, maybe that's redemption, but we continue to see that played out in our own lives. And if we tell our kids that story, then that gives a different reason to be obedient and a different reason to follow those commands. Yeah. Once again, big, no, long... No, I mean, once again, it comes down to what, what I was saying before. It's like we we give a theology, we give a, a, a doctrinal lesson at this point. Like, the, God is a God. And if you, if you go through the scriptures, you're going to see it time and time again. Reoccurring theme is God is a rescuer. He's a redeemer. Um, he's, you are chugging that water. <laughs> he's, he's redeeming. I gotta start bringing water. I'm over here coughing and sniffling, man. That'd be, I got a water upstairs. Uh, in the city? Of course. Wow. <laughs> I a, actually, I took my bottle home and I, I didn't open it over Thanksgiving and it like started to mold. So I got to uh, clean my bottle. 
It's like, oh, I'm home. I just drink out of a cup. Sorry, I should have been a good host and no, no, no. I didn't think about it. But anyway, um, guys, where were we? Uh, ADD brought to you in part by. Oh well, yeah, sorry. Um, it, it, God's a, a God of redemption. He's mm-hmm. constantly a God of rescuing. He's a God of uh, setting the captives free. It's what we read over and over and over and over again. Um, but it's it's one of those things where us as people uh, need God's continuous grace because we're also apparently big time forgetters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we forget what God's done for us and over and over. I mean, we we like to make fun of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to poke like, and then in two chapters, they're going to worship Baal, you know, or like um, foreshadowing they fail. <laughs> but like, in reality, that's our, you know, that's our story. Mm-hmm. I just kicked the table. There go all the microphones. <laughs> um, in our story, it's constant need of grace, need mm-hmm. of mercy because God rescues us all is well. And then when the proverbial uh, manure hits the fan, we're, why God? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, while our goal is sanctification, we're also going to fail over and over, regardless as long as we're on this side of heaven. There's there's going to be uh, imperfection and sin mm-hmm. that we're going to fall into. So we are going to, uh, at times, test God. Uh, we read about, you know, many times our quote-unquote heroes testing God, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Bible heroes, I should say. Uh, and that's just part of it. But once again, going back onto that grace, we live in that covenant of grace where, uh, you know, Jesus knows what we're going through and he knows what's up and he knows that we're, you know, when we repent and we return to his, uh, you know, his side and we, we start praying again and we, we start to put things in perspective and we learn and sanctification happens. Hopefully those moments happen less and less, but, it is just, you know, another, I don't know, I'm kind of tailing off. I'm babbling, but it's it's redemption. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I feel like I'm, my brain is just not there today. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was trying to set up all the mics, I'm like, plug this in where? And it's still not there. Yeah, he's like, man, I just keep brain farting. What happens? Oh, I need to do this. What? Yeah. And now I'm like, I got a great point, but my brain's like, I'll give you half of it. <laughs> the other so. half will stay locked inside. I think ultimately, though, where you were going with it um, is we, in our current day context, can't really make fun of them because we can ultimately, the story that's being told here is the very story that we live every day. Um, I'm sorry. It's like when people get mad at Adam for uh, biting the fruit in the garden. Mm -hmm. It's like, bro, you would have been like, where's the tree? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, but yeah, I, I mean, we can definitely relate with this story. Um, we're, when we have plenty, it's been given to us by God, and many mm-hmm. times we forget. Um, we forget the things that God has done for us, um, whether that be Egypt, the cross, or even um, providing for our basic needs. Um, there's been times where something's happened, and we're like, well, God, do you even care? Do you even listen to me? Um, and then there's also that time that our kid goes, well, why is it that we follow these commands? Um, and we need to teach our kids. And if we don't teach our kids, then the unfortunate part is, are they genuinely going to have, are they going to know God? Do they know the story that they're a part of mm-hmm. and the story that they're engaged in and the story that God is still working in and through their lives um, just as much as the rest of God's people. So I think it's a message that's not dead, um, but it's a message that, that continue, continues to be a very important part of our lives um, now. Indeed. So with that, 
awkward silence. I'm right. afraid to talk. Okay. I don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> well, this could be actually interesting. Like, damn, brain, where are you going today? It's it's still on vacation, I guess. Come back, brain. I mean, I'm already counting down to Christmas break. Oh, it sound like, you sound like my wife. She's well, like, she's like, three more weeks till we got to wait three more weeks till Christmas break. <laughs> I love teaching, but we're just doing more testing this week. So oh. I'm like, well, this isn't even the fun part of teaching. I just sit on my butt and. The state gives them horrible tests, and I have to pretend that they're cool and actually so, don't pretend very much. So I work with colleges, right? Uh-huh. So kids are now, at this point, getting ready for exams. Mm-hmm. Or I had one college say they already started. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I think like UC but, gets out like yeah, a week so, so it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. It's like, we need this done now. And then you're like, hey, I just had a question. No answer because it's exams, and nobody's <laughs> going to respond. And it's like, uh, I... I I truly hate this time. <laughs> I Not, do too. I mean, like as far as work goes. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, by the time re- listeners get this, Advent will be over. But Advent starts this weekend, mm-hmm. and I am so like our church is kicking off with a, a hymn sing mm-hmm. on Thursday. I'm like, ah, oh, it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> and for all of you out there, I love hymns because doctrinally, you already know what they're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Caleb. That's a different rant for a different time. Oh, don't even get me started. Uh, so with that, yeah. we're going to end there. Yeah. And we are going to... Before I say something even more stupid. <laughs> I'm sure we've I'm sure we done that. So if we haven't uh, lost yeah. people already for saying something stupid. Yeah. I'm I'm actually... When I, I just check every once in a while to see the numbers and they're like consistent, I'm like, huh. Okay. Nah. Either they're just downloading and not listening or and they haven't stopped it from happening. Okay. <laughs> Or what are they going to say stupid next week? Yeah, there's, there's a bet out there somewhere. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping people listen more for the Deuteronomy part of it. Yeah, um, I'm a, hey yeah. I mean that's and just to reiterate, I hope that anybody out there listening is getting mm-hmm. uh, provoked into reading more scripture, into studying not just Deuteronomy but the Old Testament in general because. I mean, us, us Old Testament people, I'm going to admit, we're weird. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we read weird, we look at weird things, we examine things weird. But, like, man, when you get the whole of Scripture, so, so cool. Well, Jesus, I thought, was cool anyway. But then when you bring the Old Testament into it, and you bring, I mean, again, it's not really Old Testament, New Testament. I mean, it's one gigantic story of God working in and through his people. Yeah. And it is a beautiful picture of a loving God. Um, throughout, I know, I know some people are like, really in the old Testament? Absolutely. Yeah. You um, got, and and I, that God was wrathful and angry. Hey, we're, we're up against music. Believe oh. it, we made it to the music. Okay, sweet. And so, right. uh, See you next week. Well, I guess we won't see you. Yeah, well, I was gonna say here. Well, you next we're bi-weekly. Week. Okay. Well, well we won't you'll see listen you. to us in two weeks. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Cool, bye.